right. So we're, we're over, this is the halfway mark. Um, I told you last week, we technically finished up halfway. So we technically tonight start the second half of Revelation. And um, I, I'll just be honest, if you rated chapters in the Bible, this would have to be in the top 10 of, of um, probably reading it and like, whoa, uh, however term you want to use, I don't know the entertaining is the right word, enthralling, uh, riveting, uh, for everything that's in here, it is really the, um, not the culmination, but the starting of, of really the high point or the high water mark, I guess, would be, would be it. If you go to, uh, if you go to Gettysburg and, uh, they, they actually have, I think they have a, a sign when I went. If they don't, I, I know where it was. They'll, they'll call it the high water mark of the South. For those of you who don't un, know much about that, that was, you know, Lee tried to, Robert E. Lee tried to invade the North twice. Uh, he wanted to end it. And, you know, other people advised him, hey, don't invade. Uh, but he invaded the North and he got, he got pretty far that day on Gettysburg and they, they've got kind of thing where they mark it and say this is the high water mark of the south this is as far as the south got and then it the war turned back the other way well this is kind of I guess the high water mark of the of this book you know we're in we're looking at it and we're understanding that it is talking about after chapter three especially and again if you're the if you read it as a as a pre-millennial pre-trib and all that you're reading that all these events have yet to take place uh not everybody reads that but that's what some people read it as so all these events are going and then chapter 12 is like whoa this is it this is where it starts to really tell us what's happening because we've had this the seven trumpets and this is the culmination here of the seven the seventh trumpet and and so this is kind of this is it and then we start seeing the battle and all that stuff unfold and so this is really the leading up to it and then we like bam here it is so that's where we're at tonight in chapter 12 we'll break it down let's read the first six first and a great sign by the way i didn't give you as many notes because i'm going to do something that i did a few weeks ago it'll be as much sermon probably as it will be anything else but i'll be glad uh, that i mean you can get into this chapter without getting too much into the weeds to be honest but I did put you some side notes over here. Those are from Lonida, um, which is one of the concurrences or concordances, I'm sorry, concordances that I use. And uh, it's just a very good tool. We, we use it in seminary when we write papers. And so we do a word search many times. This is one of the ones that we use. So it kind of explains there about the devil, Diablos and, and, and that, and, and gets into all that. That's on top of just really some general notes tonight, but it kind of helps you make sense. And so a great sign appeared in heaven, and actually I put that on there that Lodonata defines that as just a special event with special meaning. So there was, you know, whatever it may be, it's not, it, it could be the word, you know, the word that we use for signs and miracles. It could be something very akin to that, but it's just something with significant meaning or special meaning and a great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with a sun with the moon under feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars she was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth and another sign appeared in heaven behold a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and on his head seven diadems his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast into the earth 
And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was called up to God and to his throne and to the woman. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. So at the outset here, you're like, man, this is this kind of interesting stuff, but what in the world's going on here? Uh, remember, let's, let's just retrace real quickly. John is on the island of Patmos. He's seeing these visions and um, doesn't all necessarily occur, you know, right at one time because it'll say, all right, write this down and remember this. So John is, is writing this down as he sees it unfold. And these are the seven trumpets that come out. And with each trumpet, there's something else unleashed. And so here, the, remember, it, it, it came at the end of last chapter. The seventh trumpet was uh, unveiled. And so we see these signs in heaven. So there's three people or creatures going on here. There's a woman, there's a dragon, and there's a child. Now, it's, it's in your notes. It's, it's pretty easy to know who the child is. The child, well, at least most everybody I read even agreed on this, that the child is Jesus. Not everybody, but most you know conservative commentaries say, the child is Jesus because it says there let's look backwards she gave birth to a male child one who's to rule all the nations with a rod of iron that's that's easy but her child was caught up to God and to his throne again that's easy and the woman fled in the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days now the dragon is is pretty easy too um, because it, it actually gives us this in the next part of the scripture here. The dragon, uh, as we know, is the devil or Satan. Is We're going to get into that. but And we're going to see, we'll actually talk more about him or the dragon here in just a minute. But the, the big thing is, who is Egypt? Oh, I'm sorry, who is Egypt? I'm giving it away here. Who is the woman? Uh, now, there's three things that people say. The, a, a lot of the Catholic Church say this is Mary. All right, it's it's Mary because she gave birth to Jesus, and but it, it doesn't. If you put Mary into this, it doesn't really go with the rest of what we see as Mary. You see in your notes there that Mary is a peasant, as opposed to everything they describe the woman as here. Mary never technically flees into the wilderness, uh, and even her flight into Egypt with Joseph when they are, are fleeing Herod doesn't really fit into anything here. But there are some that believe it was Mary. There are some believe that it is the church, uh, the universal church. Um, and, and again, when you read into this, it, it's just really not a lot of uh, hardcore evidence for that. And as we see there, the church did not give birth to Jesus as, as it reads there. In fact, the other way around. The most common uh, theme on, among conservative commentators is that the the woman is is are the Jews, the Jewish believers, and uh, if you look at Joseph's dream in Genesis 37, uh, and when remember when he said, and I, and I had a dream, and the sun and the moon and the stars bowed down to me. Look at the 12 there. It says, uh, uh, where does it say that? Uh, On a woman clothed with sun, with a moon under her feet, and her head a crown of 12 stars. It's basically the same as Joseph's dream in, in Genesis 37. And then also God's plan of redemption came through Abraham. What did he tell Abraham? You're going to be a father of many nations. 
and through through you many people are going to be saved and we obviously eventually see that we see through the tribe of judah that jesus comes which obviously comes through abraham so the conservative commentary thought for most people is and this this is pretty consistent if you go all the way back to the patristic area um, or the early church fathers even most would agree with this that the woman here is is are the jews now also combined obviously with with true believers so we've got we've got that let's read this again and a great sign appeared in heaven and a woman so that is god's people the jewish the jews the his his people that are believers these people are clothed with sun and moon and uh on her head and the crown of stars and she was pregnant crying out in birth pains and agony of her birth remember all these people have come from abraham and another sign appeared in heaven and the red dragon so that satan you know he's got all these things that we're not going to break down the seven heads and the ten horns and the diadems you can chase those rabbits on your own and then his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them into the earth and so there, there's two different views on this again the pre-trib pre-millennialists will believe this has not happened yet I'm not in that camp. I'm in the camp that this happened, that, that John is going backward in this, and that this happened before actually Genesis. This was, there was a, a fight. There was not only Satan, but all these angels, these fallen angels, these, these prideful angels. Uh, they had this battle, and as we're gonna see here with Michael, and they, they fail, and the, the dragon swept, and a third of them are cast down to earth. I believe this was, uh, I think, um, Paige Patterson calls it pre-cosmic, is the, the term he uses. I'll just say this, it's before Adam and Eve, all right? And it's uh, easier to understand. Now, some people do believe that this has not happened yet, or some people believe it could be happening now. Uh, I believe, and this is why I said you gotta, you got to take each chapter and each verse a little bit differently here i believe this has already happened so a tail his tail swept down a third of the stars that is the fallen angels of heaven and cast them to the earth so that is why we have these these principalities here these evil spirits that are still here today and trying to trip us up and the dragon stood before the woman all right so the devil is, is before the Jewish people who was about to give birth um, so that when she bore a child, he might devour it. So he's, the devil's trying to, to kill Jesus. And she gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule over all nations with a rod of iron, but her family was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days again we just don't have time to look at all the numerology here but it it's like this that that the devil obviously um, did his best to thwart god's plan through of redemption through jesus christ but it did not happen and the church or the woman here being the the jews and for all believers uh fled into the wilderness and we just don't have time maybe i'll come back and we'll because there are some very good rabbit trails in this chapter to chase. But I want us to get this. So the war in heaven, in verse 7, arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. Well, at this point, we technically haven't seen who the dragon is. I mean, we just know it's a dragon. And the dragon uh, and his angels fought back. 
but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven and the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan the deceiver of the whole world he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him so that's that's why I give you this this side note here and you can read all about that uh, it, it just gives the background on, on the word uses there of devil and Satan and some of that stuff and so this, when you read this, when people want to read Revelation, is strictly prophetic. And um, it's, it's not, because this, this helps your theology here. So I want us to really look at this again. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So before... I, I, and I still believe this is this is before that there was this battle in heaven and if you want to get technically we were talking last week in my opinion the original sin is here this is where the the these angels sinned first because they rebelled against God with pride and they were thrown down to earth now man's original sin is obviously Adam and Eve but here we see these these uh, evil spirits, these demons, these fallen angels are cast down to earth. They, he was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So here they are. And you say, well, why, why would God allow that? God is sovereign. He is in control. He, he, he could have stopped it. He could have thwarted this, yes. But it is his, again, infinite wisdom and knowledge that we aren't able to understand everything. And so then, chapter 10, there really should be a good space in your Bible. It's not. It says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. who accuses them day and night before our God. And I, I think I actually one of them in there is talking about that. But you know, a lot of times when we think about Satan, we we think about him and maybe tempting us, but many times we don't understand that he is that accuser, he is that slanderer. And that's what he does. He accuses us day and night as it says. He wants us to not bask in God's grace. He wants us to not feel God's love. He wants to tell us that we aren't loved, that we aren't good enough, that we don't deserve things. He wants us to tell, he wants us to believe the lies. And so it is nonstop. But they said, no, they said, we've, it, it's over. And they have conquered him. And here's the answer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth, and see, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And we talked about this in our class a few weeks ago. What is it saying here? Woe to you who live on the earth. That's us. Because the devil's time is short, and he knows it. He knows his time is short here on earth, so what's he going to do? He's going to come with great wrath. He's going to give all the destruction. He's going to accuse. He's going to slander. He's going to do all those things. Here's the thing. He knows his time is short, but he doesn't know that he's not going to win. He still thinks he has a chance to win. 
And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. What's he, he, he's pursuing the children of Abraham. Now this makes sense when you think about all of the Jewish persecution that has went on over the world ever since you know we can remember. You think about Hitler, you think about Stalin, you think about the Jews that are even persecuted today. Why? Here's your answer to that. You say, why, why are Jews persecuted so much more? Why, why didn't Stalin or why didn't Hitler go after this type of person? Why didn't they kill these people? Why didn't they kill Asians or why didn't they kill light-skinned people? Why didn't they kill people from Africa? Why did they try to kill the Jews? It, it answers that right here, that Satan's after them. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman. That's, that's your answer who had given birth to the male child. But the woman who was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times half, the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came up to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Now, again, you can chase every rabbit you want to right there, and I'll stay after we all want to talk about this. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. See, here it is. It's, it's very simple. That verse 13 and 17 combined lets us know why Jews are persecuted so much on those who keep the commandments of God and to hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Now, it's not just the Jews, though, by the way. It is believers. It is the, the offspring of Abraham in that sense, in the Jewish sense. But it is all believers that the dragon, Satan, became furious with the woman. Now, look, we can get into a lot of things. We could get into, you know, who, who the dragon exact title is, other than obviously we see what we have here we can break down diablos we can break down accuser we can break down satan lucifer we can break down all of that we could break down was he the main culprit or was it a bunch of angels that decided hey this is this is let's do this and satan just happened to be one of them then he was kind of the leader we could get into all that um th there's a lot of things that we could chase right here is it is it really mary well, let's break that down. Is, is it, you know, so, but I don't want to do that because here's what I've told you. This entire thing, not only the entire Bible, but this entire book, Revelation, is what? They're revealing the unveiling of who Jesus Christ is. That's what that apocalypse means. The, uh, the pulling the lid off of who Jesus is. So we, if that's the case, then we should see Jesus in this. And we do. We see Jesus in everything. So what's happened, there's really four major things here. And the first one is that one through six that we see that, that John sees this. This happened in heaven. And you say, but I, I don't, how, how do you know that was past? I mean, I don't. But the, based on my reading and understanding that I think it said John saw this. It didn't say that it's going to happen in the future. It just said that John saw it. It appeared in heaven. Didn't give a time. And I, I do believe that 
that God showed John in these um, liter not not literal ways, these idealistic ways. I do believe there was a dragon and there was a woman and there was a child. I don't believe God came out and said, "Hey, look, it's the devil, it's Jesus, it's the people of Abraham." I believe that there's a reason for that, and it all happened. We all see it, so we've got that going on there. We've got this scenario going on here, and in the middle of that, we see that this. We see the devil gets into it and his tail sweeps down a third of the stars of heaven and they're cast down to the earth. So basically what happens is we, it's, we have Satan, we have Jesus, and we have all of the offspring of Abraham. And then we have combined with that, we have true believers. So we've got, let's just say believers in Jesus Christ, descendants of Abraham are together. Then we've got over here, we've got the devil and, and then, um, I've, I've already lost my place. We've got the child is Jesus. We've got the dragon. I'm sorry, we've got Jesus is who I'm leaving out. So we've got Jesus, we've got believers, and then we've got Satan. Well, then we get into the next part there, seven through nine, I believe it is, the war rose in heaven. So it's Michael, the archangel, and his angels are fighting against the dragon. You say, well, how did Michael get to be in charge? Chase your own rabbits, all right? Uh, he was just appointed is all I can tell you. All right, so they're fighting. They're fighting against the dragon. And then the dragon, his angels are fighting back. So here we see the beginning, really. I mean, I mean this is it. This is, this is pride. This is the beginning of this constant spiritual battle that of not only good and evil, but as Paul says, we're battling against these principalities. And so this is, this is it. And in the midst of it, Michael and his good guys win. And Satan and all of his, whatever you want to call it, the losing team, they're cast down to earth. Where they're going to be until Jesus comes back and they're bound up in the abyss. But here, so then it's like, okay, that happened. What about 10? And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, so here's not John seeing the second part. And it says, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. He accuses him night and day before our God and they have conquered him. So the accusers, the ones that are being accused, that is believers in Jesus Christ have conquered Satan well, how do we do that? Through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. There's, you know, some of them are martyred. Some believers of us will be martyred. But here's the key. This is this substitutionary atonement that we believe. The answer is all about the blood of Jesus. How do we defeat Satan? Through the blood of Jesus. How do we defeat anything? Through the blood of Jesus. And it's not like, you know, we throw the blood at them. That's, that's not what it is. It goes to the cross. It points to the cross. Everything does. It is through Jesus' shed blood that we are able to live a victorious life. It is through Jesus' shed blood that conquered the accuser, that conquered Satan, that conquered death. It is through Jesus' shed blood that we live an abundant life here, but we get to live victorious life. We get to live glorified lives. Now, I put it there in your notes 
that we get to experience salvation immediately when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But salvation is not ultimately finished until Satan is destroyed, the saints are glorified, and the heavenly state is established. That's when salvation is officially, oh, it's here. This is it. This is salvation. Jesus has saved us from death, saved us from ourselves, and saved the heavenly state and put it all together. Then we live in glory forever with those semblance of Satan. So then we, we see these people rejoicing. So we've got the three people involved, all right, or the three got Jesus, the devil, and believers. There, there's this war going on. Why is the war going on? Because Satan loses this war in heaven. He's cast down to earth. He knows his time is short, so he's not gonna he's not just gonna go halfway, he's gonna go all out. He thinks he's got a shot to win. So he's accusing us, he's coming after us. But these people here see it and they're like, Hey, let's let's give thanks because it's over. But the dragon saw, the last part again, the dragon saw to be thrown to earth, so he didn't let up. So here's what we take from all this. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, they uses the term dragon here. It's, it's kind of like a scorn. I don't know if scorn is not the right word. It's kind of like a mad animal, you know, that you let loose or you trap. And that animal's just going all out. You know, I've seen stuff on movies or Lori watches animal shows. And you see some of these wild animals and they, they just, they go crazy. And that's kind of the picture you get of Satan here on earth. Like he's just going all out. He's not going to quit. I mean, the, the biggest lie, as I was listening to Alistair Begg this week, the biggest lie that Satan convinces people of is that he doesn't exist. So if he can convince people he doesn't exist or that he's some joke, you know, people say, oh, yeah, the devil, I you know, I have, I have people I know in my life that actually say that. They, they joke. But I want you to understand he's real. And, and he's present. He's not omnipresent, but he's present. But there's more than one evil spirit. And they think they're going to win, which makes them go harder. They know their time is short. And they're going to come after those who believe in Jesus Christ. He's going to make war on the rest of her offspring. But again, we get to go back up to the middle of the chapter and see the good news. And that they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. That's in one of the songs we sing. So for us, it looks like this. This was written a long time ago, maybe around 95 A.D., it was written to a certain group of believers, but it was written for all believers to come. There, there are no accidents by God. He didn't tell John to write this, and it's just going to be read by first century. God knew that it would be read by us. He knew today we would read it. We don't want to read Danville into this scenario. I get that, but we read it to, and say, okay, what in the world is John Who's he writing to? He's writing to a persecuted bunch of believers living through Domitian's reign who are, I mean, they're just slaying Christians left and right. You've got the Jews that are persecuting them in some places and you've got the Romans that are persecuting them. And so they're living under this persecution and 
this, this dragon, this Satan, this devil is just running wild. And his time is short. So these believers are living here in a time where only 20, 15 years before, Nero had literally lit Christians as torches to light Rome. And Domitian's reign is worse than him in some ways. So uh, John is writing to people who've got to at least be questioning, man, why, why am I doing this? And, that, and that's one reason that John, as Dad's always said, is writing in code or writing symbolically here. He's writing to believers who absolutely understand what he see, is, is saying. And some of the other people that get a hold of it are like, man, he's talking about dragons and beasts and flying locusts. John knows what he's doing because God's telling him what to write. And so these people are reading this and are going, man, he's right. We're getting persecuted. We're, you know, the devil's coming after us hard. But let's go back to that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute here. We, we, they've been conquered. They said it. We've been conquered and by his blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. These are people only a few, I mean, less than 100 years from Jesus giving his life on the cross. You've got John, who was an actual witness, who was writing this. So it wasn't far-fetched for them to go, yes, I get that. And so for us now, we read it now, and we've got to understand this, that whenever time-wise this happened, this battle in heaven happened, and Satan was cast down, it's not like Satan went, that's it, I lost. Might as well just, you know, let Jesus win. That's not how he operates. He's an accuser. He's a slanderer. He's an attacker. His dad said he's a terrorist. He hits and runs. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to doubt. He wants us to fear. He wants us to live in no victory and no peace. Instead, we should go to this chapter. I mean, verse 11 is so great. That they have him, they, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It, it all goes back to the cross. It all goes back to the blood of Jesus. Now, I, I don't know where you're at. Know what kind of day you had? I had one of those days. It just happened. The devil come after me, and I failed many times. Um, you don't need to know the details. Mandy and Lori know most of them because they had to listen to me. But you know when when I was driving up here this afternoon we had a meeting at five so it was about 4 40 i was coming in and you know I, I knew what i was going to be preaching on and it's like god's like would you just relax what you're worried about is really not that big a deal what, what you're getting upset about is not that big a deal i've got all of this under control and everything's going to take care of itself and and again i, I don't know maybe yours are as trivial as my issues some of them are much greater. Some of you are going through a lot of stuff. But this is, we, we just, we take this verse 11 and we just wrap our minds around it and we meditate on it and say, no matter what happens, and just put it in 2023 Alabama, we'll just say, I'm good if I got Jesus. I'm good. At the end of the day, I'm good. A lot of us lost a dear friend this week who was, you know, very young by the standards we live by. And I was talking with somebody about that, but, you know, here's the thing. We, we grieve 
but he's, he's good right now. He's better off. He doesn't have to go through all this garbage that we go through every day in the flesh and the battles of Satan anymore. To be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. He's in the presence of Jesus right now. And that's a comforting thought. At least for me it is. And I pray that it is for you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being good to us. Your word does not return void. No matter how bad a job I do, your word has been taught. I pray that it's been taught accurately. I know I'm going to stand before you one day and give an account for what I've taught, my prayers, that I've been accurate in my teaching. And if I've said anything inaccurate tonight, Father, I pray that you would, you would let me know, let us know, let us correct it. And, and my prayer is that we just see Jesus. This, this stuff is, is fun to talk about but, uh, and try to interpret. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a real thing. It's, spiritual warfare is real. The devil is, is real. No matter what people believe, he's real. And, and your word teaches us time is short on this earth, and which means he's going at it hard because he knows it. Help us to resist him. Help us to flee from him. And help us to just live with our eyes set intently on the cross. And that is to recognize your grace and your mercy daily but also it lets us live victorious lives and lives that are focused on eternity and not the here and now and we just we thank you for loving us and thank you for being good to us in jesus name we pray amen uh real quickly i'll be around as long as you want sorry i